Hello, everybody. It's Hal, one of your community managers. Hey, Logan. Hey, it's Logan. Uh, okay, what, why are we here on a Sunday evening or a Sunday afternoon if you're on the West Coast? We're here when to... Hal's... Go ahead. Because as everyone in the certified community manager group knows, when Hal invites you to join a live stream, you don't want to miss it. Because it's always going to be fun, exciting, and there's going to probably be a couple of flubs too, but that's why it makes it so real. <laughs> Because uh, you're one of the best and most like genuine, authentic people to talk to that I've ever met. And it's always brightens my day to just spend time in conversation with you. Thank you, Logan. I, I'm very right. grateful for that. I learned from the best, my friend. Okay, <laughs> so let, let's let's get we, very few people know how we know each other and how we landed in the seats we're in today. So I think we met in the power admin group about five years ago or something to that effect. Do you have any height? I mean, I'm fried. I know how I met. I know exactly how I met you before. You, I met you before you met me. So, <laughs> uh oh, had nothing. Yeah. To, it had nothing to do with bail or anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in another life. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. So, another. so tell tell me how we met. Okay. So I was um, hired to support the community partnerships org at Facebook. Um, Facebook at the time and but I was hired by the groups or because they were so good at hiring community managers as proven by PAG I didn't work on power admins I worked on like the first community accelerator type program type leadership program but I was in, I was sitting next to all the PAG community managers all the power admin admins <laughs> and <laughs> I, I always stumble on that too <laughs> I know it's like <laughs> Certified community manager, community manager. Admin, um, other community managers, us. admins. <laughs> yeah, so we had all these group admins in here, and um, that it was early days. And they, um, at the very beginning, whether I was like, working on community partnerships or group admin or the power admins team, um, everybody was trying to tell the story of what community is and really define it. And that means like sharing it to sharing good stories to like product people and leadership. So Hal, you recorded a video um, and it was in your room and you, there was like a slumbering um, sweet dog in the background of your video. And in that video, you just thanked just like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those listening, uh, there's a Rocky. That's yep, a lovely yep. dog. Yeah. That's it. Um, I love Rocky. If for context, we're gonna make get into this, but I just recently uh, visited Hal in the power in the uh, in his home in Georgia, and so had had a chance to have a lot of conversations. But I don't. We still haven't told you. I still haven't told you how we first met. Yeah, yeah. Um, you sent in this video. I think it was in the same room with with uh, with with the same background dog in the background, and in this video, you just thanked. You sent it directly to the power admins admins you didn't uh, post it publicly and you just thanked them you thanked amanda and Lindsay and susie nelson for um taking care of the community despite you said like you know you see all these complaints coming around and people giving them a hard time but you just really like took a moment to just call out call them out as humans and just say hey i see you're working hard and, and we all really appreciate it thanks for taking care of us and that video was so sweet that it was getting, it started getting circulated. I remember we had a team meeting and everybody got together inside of Facebook. And at the beginning of the team meeting, we played the video 
and there was like, wow. was like eight or nine people and then Lindsay said like more people should see this so she sent it up and then like I think like um Jennifer Dulski who was the early like head of groups and had the, uh, and she's written mo- books on how to start movements um she saw it too everybody everybody was seeing it. and it was just, it was like one of the early you were one of the early examples of just like who the people were that were in these groups that it's not just product users trying to like figure out these tools there's like really there's really people on the other side um which is a good uh, good intro to you i know after that we started talking some more and jumped into it but i think we've always i've always been able to talk to you as a human and you've always talked to me as a human even mm-hmm. though i work at a big exciting impactful sometimes confusing company um <laughs> and a lot of people are trying to figure out like why is it like this or why do things work like this and I want to talk to them back. And I want to help them. But also I'm like, because there's humans here and everyone's just trying to talk to each other and do their best. And you could always talk to us as humans. And they always appreciated that. How? Thank you. Uh, yeah, Logan, it, it, I don't even remember. I think I vaguely remember doing a thank you kind of video, but I don't, I don't, I just, just I did a lot of videos back then. You know, I was doing a lot of how to do this video and how to do that video. And when a new feature would come out, I felt compelled to go try to break it. And uh, once I figured out how to use it, I would throw something up in one of the managed communities and say, hey, look, this is what I figured out how to do with it. Maybe it'll work for you, too. You know, and uh, that's just I like that. sure. that's like so it. funny for us. It was like a, amazing that an admin took this time to send in the video. And we got to share it. It's really like touching people's hearts. And and for you, it was just another Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, 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 and it, it really, you know, if, if, if I've told you many times, you know, we've been friends for years. And, and I've told you many times that it's really my mission in whatever I do in life to, to uh, elevate the sense of community and the human side of it. And figure out ways to take what I was taught as a child, uh, being responsible for something bigger than your unique, you know, family unit. You know, what about your neighborhood? What about the neighbor across the street? What about the guy down the road that has heart trouble? Is anybody helping mow his lawn? You know, things like that, where there were there were like things that I was things that I was taught growing up as a child. And uh, wow, Jennifer, Maria, Leanne and Linda Cruz is watching and commenting hi everybody amazing so all stars that yo yeah that that um that sense of community responsibility that goes beyond the four walls of your house i tried to i tried to from the beginning try to figure out how to do it here on a digital world because you know as as many of us know we're about we're about engagement and conversion and membership and insights and and you know features and none of that stuff would matter at all if there weren't people here so i always try to try to do everything i can to stay people centered the human side of of community and i think you know i think everything we do and i'm realizing and i I learned pretty quickly when i started working here that that we are people based we are people you know I say I'll, I'll say this publicly because I said it publicly before, and it's, it's a term of endearment. Uncle Mark never said bring insights closer together, or bring membership closer together, or bring, you know, uh, reach and conversion closer together. He said something, and I think it was, it was not by accident that he said bring people closer together. And I think the most important part of that term is the word people. 
because we always have to recognize the human side of what we do here. So thank you for that. I appreciate that a lot. Okay, so you were, uh, how'd you get inside? How'd wait, you... Can I take a moment to, to kind of respond to that? Yeah, please. Yeah, because I, I, um, I think that that's something just, I heard the names that you called out. I mean, I've been in conversations and programs and have collaborated with um, so many of the community managers in the comments. And I've, I'm trying to do this thing, especially in the virtu more virtual remote uh, work world that I'm in. And I know a lot of people are in, which is I'm trying to actually remember my interactions, remember, like, think of the stories, <laughs> putting yourself in the shoes of the people for a moment because and like there's actually like a land on the other side of, of, of that's this, right right that's right yeah, exactly. yeah and um and they're doing a, and everybody is in different stages even since you met them things have probably changed everybody's got their own set of like each day is different and i, I think that that's what i'm just so interested in it Mm -hmm. I'm curious. This is the thing that I could always be curious about is people. And I think that when, when people, when we say a common thing that we hear community managers saying, and I was just at a community management conference, so I can, I've definitely heard it is like, oh, I was doing community before community was a job. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't even know it was a job. Right. And I think part of that is like, there are all these people that were doing whatever we were doing, but we felt like kind of like odd ducks and fishes out of water because all what we were really doing was we we're just caring about people mm -hmm. and we're problem solving um with people with a people first approach mm -hmm. now you hear it like community-led organizations um community first community what is the value of a community it's like it, we're just they're just people <laughs> like we're we're talking about the, the value of like relationships and the value of like getting to know someone. And I think that that's just like the connective tissue, the conversations that we're always having in, in the certified group, it always reflects back to just like our love of people. And um, yeah, and I, I would say, I'll, I'm trying to, I'll tie it in a little bit to how we got started. Cause I think that was your next question a little bit. Yeah, how yeah. we got started. I like to take that my, my role at Meta and the role of all of anybody that calls himself, at least on Chemist team, a community manager. Um, on our team, I just find it as like, when we're talking to the external partners or community members, uh, we represent the humans on the side of Meta, of our organization. And when we talk to Meta, we represent internally, having internal conversations and meetings and presentations, we're representing the community members. And so at any time, it's like we've turned and we have the full advocacy of of the people behind us. And um, as a community manager, you have to like hold a lot of relationships in your mind and you have to be very fair. And um, it's that like idea that you're serving people at all times. And it's like, I, I just find I can speak more clearly and I can and speak more passionately when I know I'm, I'm like, that there's like a lot of relationships that are like kind of guiding me, you know? And so how that like, the stories that we hear in the certified group and the names that come up in your video that you send in, it's like, we, there's a reason we just turn around. It's like, Oh, great. Now we can really represent people really well. We can go turn around and, and, and share it. And, um, and, and we're excited to recognize you, but I'll, I'll let you get back to your question. Yeah, no, no worries at all. I'm just looking at the, at the uh, comments in the live feed and Rika is there. 
Ricardo. Hi, Rika. Graham is there. Graham, I think you said it was like two o'clock in the morning. It's the middle of the night. Thank you for uh, waiting up for the surprise. Hopefully everything's okay. And you're just waiting around for two silly guys to talk about community because we here we are. Okay, so um, I, I don't know how, you know, it's okay. You, you were in, intrinsically, I don't know if that's the right word. You were very, you were very, 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 very involved in the yeah, very creation of the certified community manager program. Who who woke up at three o'clock in the morning and said, hey, we need a certification program. And how did it get from an idea that somebody had to what we see today where we're where we're we're serving a couple of thousand plus community managers that are certified in 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 helping them redefine their journey through professional certification? How did you how did we go from there to where we are today? I need mm. I really need to know this. Okay. There's two things, I can, there's two ways I can start answering it and they're both probably relevant. One is like, why is a certification program like valuable to community managers and to the ecosystem? Like why does Meta have a community management certification program and how does something like this happen? And then what's the story of it happening? And then there's just like um, myself and Kemi and then later Kara and later you just like chatting about it coming up with ideas and, and trying to problem solve it work and uh and make it happen so which and then like mary and and everyone on our team there's so many names and and relationships <laughs> that happen you know yep. and so um leo and so who uh how do we want to start uh okay um i see i i'll 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 caveat this off to a little side feeling about you logan i i, I truly believe from the bottom of my heart that you're a visionary you see things you see things that are needed before they exist. And somehow it just, I don't know how you do it. It's just meant to be that we wake up one day and we have a certification program, or one day we wake up and we have a community manager collective, or or one day we have you know a, an alumni group for this or that. And there's one common thread through all of that, my friend, you. So that's why I wanted to save this question for you. and how did the certification program start how did it get official okay tell, now, me, all, tell me all the things and now a third thing I'll, I'll weave it all together a third thing which is like why why do i believe in the certification program and how did i how did i come to believe in it i love it so um facebook has is like an innovative social platform and is somewhat responsible for creating a whole new um like modalities of reaching an audience and con and converting that audience and building relationships with them and reaching the right people at the right time um used to be like your the experience of the internet was like being in a library and you had to like you're like searching for information and maybe some information was more findable or more marketed to you, but you were, you had to go to the library first. And Facebook has had the certification for digital marketing and for using like brand insights and, and people just spend their whole lives studying it and um, building clients around it. And it's always a changing thing based on, you know, like the changing social ecosystem. And so, 
the certification exists because um, we want to create a new, a, a new category of, of job because this is a really important thing for people to be able to build relationships for brands to build relationships and for like groups is such a powerful tool to bring people in and, and, and get them connecting with each other that there needs to be some sort of standard. And, um, and we've seen all sorts of ways in which it like works really well and where people are trying to do the right thing and build the right kind of community with the brand and partners and sponsorship. And they just, um, they don't know where they're trying to reach to. They don't know what the standard is. And there's a lot of people out there trying to hustle and just get people to like use their tools or like there's this, so this, there's, we just saw this huge need for just like with blueprint um, and the digital marketing certifications that there's this huge need for like a third party body and like a group of experts to recognize what a minimally qualified community manager is so that people could hire them because this is a really important thing that you, everyone is doing. And um, I saw that when I joined Facebook um, four and a half years ago, I was so excited because I'd always wanted to work on community. I saw it as a growing industry and I always had to like um, secretly do it at my companies and my startups because I would, I joined um, a startup or I worked on a project and I'd say like, hey, like here's these relationships that are happening that you're not taking advantage of. But what if we just let people talk to each other? We'll make a Facebook group or a Slack and, or a form and we'll let people like um, answer each other's questions and we'll measure it. And I was doing things, I was like trying to figure out how to pitch community. But if I called it community management, then honestly, I wouldn't, wouldn't have gotten um, paid as much or as much influence because I was trying to do, I was, so I had to call it, because at the time nobody knew what community management was or it was unknown. So I had to call it like life cycle marketing, um, engagement, growth marketing for engagement and all this stuff, content marketing. And, and um, but I just knew that relationship building on in, in digital like was powerful. It's like real, like people really have their lives changed by based on a couple of powerful relationships. And studies have gone on to show that's true but like we all know i see you nodding hal it's like the relationships we make online um are real and they matter and we think about them and we and we want to like we and um so my early goal after having done like the um did the facebook community leadership program and then i did the, one of the, uh, an in-person facebook communities summit and and then i did Community, set up the group for um, community leadership circles where we had a hundred cities all around the world receiving funds to host events, meetups for um, other group admins. And the recurring thing that I kept on hearing is uh, we need, we want to know how to do this. We want like more community management talent. We want to like know what we're doing and we couldn't create content that was specific enough, fast enough. I was just like, if you're a good community manager, you need to get more empowered and you need to be networking and you need to build up your clientele and um you have like a real job for this because there's there's just such a need at the at, we had like these incredible like world-changing efforts at the, the community leadership program people coming up to us and saying like here's all the opportunities we have and here's all of the relationships and people that are coming forward to me and, and people want to talk to each other and they have more 
need for program programming and engagement than um, the teams could provide. They're like, we don't know how to hire a community manager. So I wrote it down at one point. I said, personal goal. This is before the certification. I just said, my goal, there needs to be, I just wrote down a number. It was like 50,000 new community management jobs in the Facebook ecosystem that I feel like I'm responsible for. Because Facebook is a pretty, as you know, how it's like a pretty nebulous place. There's 70,000 employees um, more than, I heard it once described that like Facebook is like the ocean. And the more you put into like building the coral reefs, the more it's going to benefit the whole ocean. Mm-hmm. And it's affecting everything. And obviously, and so like, um, I feel like it's helpful to have a goal. <laughs> it's helpful to, to say like, hey, here, you're gonna kind of, kind of call your shot and call your, and tell your story. And so one thing is like, it's getting more complicated. So many tools to build relationships and to like say, I'm making a group just for these, these people privately. I'm making another experience that's more public. I'm running a page so I can target ads. There's so much going on. It's only getting more complex, more synchronous, more real time. And this is, this is all before it gets so synchronous in real time that it's embodied, which um, I believe it will. Like, like you'll have like hand gestures, like we already have hand gestures on video. We'll have, we have the, the glasses that have projections and we have obviously a, um, virtual reality being an option for people who want to work or spend like really close time together. And it's like, you see all that happening and you see how it's already changing, just getting more ways to connect with each other than just like pages and forms. And now we have like all these different tools and it's like, this needs to get moderated. There needs to be what 50,000. That doesn't sound like enough. Every organization, everyone who's trying to do like partnerships or build or like build anything with relationships need to have, needs to have a community manager. So that's why, um, these things sort of sort of came together where it's like we need to recognize and build more create more community talent we need more talent in the community ecosystem all of our facebook groups there's if there's not jobs if you feel like it's hard to get a job it's just because the brands and organizations haven't figured it out yet like yeah and and we've they, talked they about don't know that. how to like yep. it's not that they don't need you it's that they don't know how to make you successful like quickly because it doesn't exist yet for them and it's and it's going to change and so um and we see that over and over again and so it's like um yeah, the story of the actual certification. We, I didn't pitch the idea, but um, Kemi and I, we did say like, hey, there should be a community for this. <laughs> we were like, hey, there should be um, a pilot group to like get feedback from. And then we should have the cert- people after they graduate, that's another group, that's a certified group. And then down the line, once the certified group is out, we should like, and we should have a learning group because pe- these, these are all, it was not like, we're not like tremendously clever. We just see the conversations that people are already having and that they want to have. And like, there can be a group of that. Wow. Uh, it's, it's funny that you, you, you touched on something that's like something that comes up in most live events in the certified group. And that is um, how we as certified community managers let brands and clients and big corporations know that we're here and the value that we bring to the table and we actually we did it we had a fun experiment a few months ago we did nine i think it was nine regional 
roundtable events in the certified group all, all around the planet. And everybody talked about cert being certified in that particular region. And then we had each of the leaders from each of those live events sent a post up to the certified group. And it's all there in the guides that you could, you could read and watch and replay. Uh, everybody gave their pain points, their, their positive experiences in their particular region in multiple languages. And by far the biggest call out that was unanimous across every region in, in, on the entire globe was we need to get better at, letting brand know, brands and companies know why they need us. And the conversation is still ongoing that if anybody has what it takes to show companies our value is us. We need to, we, we are the solution to oh, letting, yeah. you know what I mean? The, it's like, the, the you're not going to read small, a book somewhere. Small. It's us. Yeah, it's so true. Um, I, th I think... The, the the times I see, and I'm just like kind of taking a lateral, like a, a side thought to that. The community managers that I see being really successful within companies, within um, Meta and within, um, it's like you have these superpowers of being able to kind of facilitate and to make conversations be more productive, to connect people around. It's like, I think these are the people who like um, are naturally improving a party by like connecting people and, and seeing what's needed and, and, and taking care of conversations and, and the outcomes of the party. Um, and I would say when you're sharing that, it's like, we need to like be telling the businesses. I think I've always thought that like, I should be better at selling myself um, or like that a lot, like we have this conversation before it's like, Oh, we like, how do we do more? Is the problem that we're not like, selling enough because you see like other people like with the sales processes it's like they have a list of people they make sure they all have the information and if there's someone's interested they go to the next okay they're this they're like gauging their interest and they're and it's like we can do all that but what's missing sometimes is the relationships and i believe that like when you're in a community it can exist as like like the beginning of a marketing journey or the beginning of a journey that like a journey community is a fabric that gets somebody through like a program or um and so the people I the community managers and the community professionals I see most being most successful are the ones who are building community within their organizations um you are hired and you want to be pitching the value of the community but you also are like literally just build relationships and make your make like do everything you can to help your team feel like a part of the community itself. Mm -hmm. um, I see you nodding, so I wonder if you have something you want to jump in on. How? You no, know, it, it's funny. Uh, Rika said a superpower is to sell people, uh, to so that they didn't something they didn't think they need. You know, mm. because they there's you know a lot of a lot of companies that I've, I've I haven't talked to a few companies that I've had the opportunity to talk to about community. Um, they don't know, they don't quite know where to, where to put us. Are, are we the equivalent to today's digital billboard on the side of the interstate that shows their logo and their, and their phone number? Sort of. Uh, oh, but wait, are, are you the help desk? Like you go into the, you know, to the, the department store 
and you go to a customer service desk where, where a customer has a question or a concern or a return or a problem, do you do that? Well, sort of. Are you, the, are you the welcoming committee that is standing at the front door making everybody feel comfortable when they walk into the store? Yeah, sort of. It's almost like we at a community manager, when, when he sets up the community in the right way, can transcend all of those in a really unique and meaningful way. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think it's hard to say, okay, yeah, take your billboard advertising, because here in Atlanta, the billboard on the side of Interstate 75 is like $4,000 to set it up and $1,700 a month to run. That's a lot of, that's a lot of money for a small <clears throat> company, you know, if you think about it. For the big guys, it's yeah. nothing, but but still, it's money. So how do you how do you, we're learning we're learning how to say yeah we do all of that, but in a really brand new meaningful way. You know we we know yeah. your brand. We are your brand. We are we are you. We, you know you know it's what I'm like, at. It's like a difficult. There's some like mental model shifts I think that um, need to happen, or it's not like you have to change it. Like the way that things are right now are pretty good. Like for um, approaching brands, they have an audience. They want better relationships with the audience. Maybe they want better relationships with their audience in order to, in their, in their, in their conversations, in order to hit revenue marks and prove their bottom line. But that company exists because they're providing a service to people. If they have better relationships with people, like money's kind of like water, it'll flow where the trust is. Mm -hmm. And if people trust and they are feel like involved, like in the product and in like improving the product and in the service that they're getting and in the support that they have with the community, like poor products. Um, and I mean, worse, products that seem like worse developed or brands that seem like um, they're, they're incoming, they're just pledging, they don't, maybe their, their stuff is more expensive and materials aren't as good. They frequently beat out these like bigger brands that aren't paying attention to the relationships because people um, inherently want to feel like they belong to something and it's just going to be easier. So I would say like, there's a, there's a shift. And I, I, I think that it's hard for a lot of community managers when they have a mindset that's like, I have to find a seat at the table. I feel like wedge my way in there between like a product person and a business person. I have to come up and be like, here's what the community says, does anybody want this? Who's my allies? And it can feel very um, um, isolating or I would just flip that and know that they're bringing you belong in that room with all those people because the community isn't just like a small part of the table like community is the whole table like everybody is sitting at your table everybody's sitting there what you, you could have a, a slide deck with like all numbers and graphs and stuff those are about they're talking about people they're talking about how many people are using it or mm -hmm. ideas or growth or something they can those are people and everybody can benefit from having better relationships with with people in the community Absolutely everybody. And so before, in that time before I was actually like calling myself a community manager, I was doing a lot of different projects and consulting. And my trick was always just to ask people, um, like wh whoever I was talking to, kind of understand what their problems are, what they're thinking through, and then be like, oh, there's probably like a solution that you could have that could help you either gain, gain insight or to um, 
get people to convert to something. And what you're lacking is improve, like improved an opportunity for a relationship to have, to form. And so it's like, let's just bring them together. And they're like, can we do that? I'll have to set up a landing page. I'll have to like build this. I have to build a feature that works and stuff. Like, let's just get people together. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you can do that because you know how to do that in a way that actually fosters trust and doesn't like burn people out because you're certified. <laughs> I, 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 it, and there's a real, besides the, the fact that it's a real pleasure and a true honor to work managing the certification program along with you and Kara and Kemi and everybody else that's less visible, but just as important. The, one of the most amazing lessons that I've seen is watching all of our community managers in their, in their world, taking the certification and making things happen with it, you know, yeah. whether it's monetizing or a support group or, or representing a brand or, or taking on the whole company or, you know, supporting a, a nonprofit. It's really, yeah. it's exciting to watch it happen because they're taking the, the lessons that we've learned, what we've taught in the certification program and they're running with it. They're taking the ball and they're running with it and they're, they're building community that's meaningful and valuable and, and not valuable necessarily totally in the monetary sense, but valuable to those people that we keep talking about, whether they're customers or followers or patients or, or whatever, they're still people. And I love how, how all of our community managers are finding the ways to take what we've taught here and make it work for their community. That's the gift here. Yeah, I love the, I love the job. I, I, it's an honor and a privilege and a dream come true to help you manage this program. But the real long-term value is watching what other people are doing with the certification. It's truly amazing. Yeah, that is the fun part. Yeah. I'm curious for those who are following your watch later, like I'm always curious about how, how it's going, like describing the certification or trying to further your community management career. We really do read all the comments, all of us. But um, I think that what I'm especially interested in is like, this is actually a, a movement and a, and a community of people as well. And so, there's like so much opportunity to um, act like a community and to benefit each other. It's like, I, I have this vision, this image when you're talking how of like, there's like, there's the facebook.com slash community slash certification or whatever it is. And there's this group. And so people are always like learning things from these groups. And then I'm like, all right, I got to take this and I got to run over out of the community, out of the supportive community and go and uh, pitch, pitch my team or pitch my brand. And it's, it's kind of how it's always worked. Right. But it's just, and it's similar to when you're in a, in your uh, Facebook group or your discord or Slack or something, if you're a professional community manager and you're seeing all these great stuff and you have to like leave and take screenshots and go into some place that doesn't really have the feeling of community. And be it's like people who don't feel f- friendly with each other sitting around a uh watching a presentation together and you have to pitch them and you're just t- you're showing these screenshots you're showing these things kemi always says when someone's like what's going on in there how does how does this work or something kemi always says just go into the facebook group and spend time there like build one make one friend <laughs> you know like like attend something and see what it's like and once people get in there like wow like mm-hmm. i didn't even realize it it's like we have to 
we have to focus on expanding our community. And so I, I'm, more, I'm curious about um, in this coming year, um, in the certified group, what opportunities we have to like grow our community, not just getting more people certified, but like actually um, doing more collaboration together, doing more um, cross promotion, going in on projects together. There, I'm sure there's a lot of people who um, we could talk about how to like partner for consulting gigs. Maybe one of you loves to um, write content and do engagement. Another one of you wants to is like really skilled at um, that actually doing ads and like growing a group. And like you two should be talking to each other and sharing clients yeah. and going bigger. I think that there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, it's actually it's actually uh, no coincidence that you that you turn the conversation in that direction because uh, we put out a, a couple of posts in the certified group over the last about 60 to 90 days saying, hey, what's your what's your specialty? What's your focus? What's your thing? Would you be interested in having an event to talk about it? Send us information. And we've come up with a couple about uh, talking about brand and graphics. And we have somebody that's pretty getting getting close to being ready to talk about the monetization part of it. So if you're listening to this now or, or listening to a replay, uh, send a message with your idea to the admin page in the group. We would love to, to facilitate an event that's focused on a tool that one of us could use as a certified community manager where you can come into a live event and collaborate and share with each other and talk about your experience and help each other as a community. So that's, like that. yeah, that's hopefully uh, we'll get some more ideas here because we want to get it going right away. So send us a message as soon as you can. Uh, Rachel stopped in her Facebook group is for business owners who have Facebook groups, big opportunity to promote the certification there. We do road trips, Rachel, talk to us. <laughs> uh, yeah, Rachel with the reels, notorious. Say that again? Is it Rachel, the the, the reels Ra pro? Rachel, Rachel Spiewak. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Notorious, we love a good reel. Oh yeah, yeah, she's she's amazing. She, she has a lot of experience that people uh, love to talk about. Whenever she's in an event, she always uh, excites everybody about her conversation. Rachel, we're gonna we're gonna put you to a, an event soon. Get ready for it. Um, yeah. Sandy, hi Sandy, great to see you. Sandy Reed talked and said hello also. Okay, so let's see what we can focus on here. I was I on my agenda. I'm not sure what else is on your agenda. On my agenda is I want to turn the um, turn the microphone in the other direction and ask you some questions, Hal, about your community journey as well. It's my pleasure. His name is Rocky the dog, and I love him dearly. What else do you need to know? <laughs> um, I guess a similar thing is like, where, where do you feel like your community journey started? When did you start to sense that there was something to, well, I mean, when did you start throwing around the word community a lot to describe what it was that you were already doing? It started way before the internet. I could go way back. And I shared this story when, when you came to visit about my next door neighbor with the flowers. Um, for me, community wasn't something that, that I learned in school. This was, you know, a thousand years before the internet. Um, I'll tell the story real quick. I was a little kid. I was like, I don't know, five or six years old or something like that. And in my neighborhood, the lady next door had a beautiful flower garden. And being the loving, caring son that I was for my mom, 
I decided to go over there and pick some flowers at my next door neighbor's house from her garden to bring to my mother. I went down the driveway next door, went back up to my house to bring to be very proud about bringing flowers to my mom because it was an expression of love. And she was standing at the front door with a rather frustrated or annoyed look on her face. And um, the reason I share this story as one of the beginning experiences on me learning what community meant was the neighbors knew each other. My next door neighbor knew my parents for years and years and years. They were friends. They hung out with each other. They supported each other. And the punishment that I got, and I was a little kid. It was, I didn't, you know, I didn't know any better. I was doing a loving thing and everybody understood that. But my punishment was that that next weekend I had to go next door to my neighbor whose flowers I stole and work with her in her garden to make up for the flowers that I took. And we, you know, I cleaned weeds out and I helped her do little kid stuff. You know, she gave me a little shovel and whatever. And she noticed that um, there was beautiful plant in her garden that I liked a lot. I kept looking at it and touching it. And when I was done at the end of the day, um, she came, she brought me over to this plant. It's called a peony plant. It's like a, it's got big, beautiful balls of flowers on it. It's a really gorgeous little plant. And she dug down with me and she showed me how to cut a piece of the root of the peony plant. It's a beautiful flower. And she said, go home now. Tell your mom I gave this to you and have her help you plant it in your garden. And I was like, okay, cool. It wasn't, you know, it didn't, it was really sweet. In it, and, and it was at that house, it was, we, I owned that house till I was married and had a child for decades, decades. And that peony grew every year. And the lesson was that I had a responsibility beyond the four walls of my house. I had to. I was responsible for people around me. I was responsible for community. So I started to learn things as an earl, earl, as a little kid that I had to look past the playground. I had to, you know, I had to look at the kid that I learned a lesson. I, I went to, I went to a face-to-face -face meeting probably 30 years ago. And um, I didn't, I didn't know a lot of people at this meeting. Uh, it was me and my wife, Lorraine, and I didn't know anybody. And before the meeting, everybody was hanging out in the parking lot before they went in. Everybody, we got there like a half an hour early and people were smoking, hanging out, talking. And, and Lorraine and I stood there outside all by ourselves. Nobody came up to us and say, hi, hi, how are you? Welcome here for me, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Nobody did that. And. I had occasion to start going to other business meetings that were not related. And we would hang out out front, you know, before the meeting started, people were smoking and chatting and joking around. And I made it a point. So whenever I saw anybody come to those kinds of meetings or any kind of meeting for that matter, and I didn't know them, I walked up to them and said, hello to them. Hi, I'm Hal. Welcome. Glad to see you here. Taking responsibility for members of the community. And then I, I came to Facebook and, you know, not as, a, as an employee, but just as, a, as a, a, ma a managed partner in PAG and FCLL. And I felt, I felt welcomed. People welcomed me there. They, they tagged me in a welcome message. That's, for me, that was cool. They recognized they, I had value. They cared what I thought. They thanked right. me for sharing. That's what all this is about. And those are my early experiences with community and 
and why it's important to keep the human side of it. Like that. And I'll, I'll try to draw some parallels here and like why from why I'm hearing a story about a, one relationship or a, a set of relationships between two families instructing you on how to act like you belonged to a neighborhood and not Bingo. just your family unit. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like really similar to um, somebody comes into a group, <laughs> a member walks into a group and um, <laughs> they have like a, a small interaction, maybe a transactional interaction. Maybe they want to get something from the group. They want some information. They want to ask a question and they want to get an answer. They want to search the group. They want to, to learn a little bit more, to lurk or to like in hopes maybe it'll be valuable later. Um, or to take part in a single event or something. But they start learning from the way that people treat each other quickly. Um, They learn that they're actually a part of something. And all the time when I'm like trying to like, um, I almost don't even call it discipline somebody. And I just wanna intervene in the way that somebody's acting in a community. The perspective that I try to take is like, this person doesn't know that they belong here, that they're actually important to like, the whole con- the whole way that this is constructed, like mm-hmm. they think that they have a problem with like one person or with the admin, but if they realize that they're a part of something, like the neighborhood, mm-hmm. that they're actually a part of a whole neighborhood, and that there's no like over there, you can't like go over and complain to the admin or just pick on what a fight with one, try and have some conflict or disagree with just one person or something because this is happening to everybody, like. Mm-hmm it's everybody's flowers yes. it's every, and it's everybody's everybody has the opportunity to like help plant the peony um and demonstrate like that that person is actually a part of something and that they're they're necessary they have mm-hmm. to act like they're necessary to the whole the whole thing working and so the later example of you um going to a, a picnic or some kind of welcoming and realizing that there's not much like introducing yourself going on. Um, I would say that like the behavior you you have of making sure that new people are welcomed, people pick up on that. They're like, oh good, like I'm a part of even the other people who aren't welcoming or being welcomed, they might see it and they're like, oh good, I'm a part of something that um where you can say hi to people mm-hmm. just because they look new. Mm-hmm. And that's what I belong to. And trust me, they'd rather belong to something like that than something where nobody is uh, friendly to each other. And so it's really easy in a way to, to change the culture of a community, of a neighborhood um, to the positive. You just have to like, when you start to feel like you're, you're, you're a part of it and everybody else is a part of it, because people would rather be, be a part of that. Um, I'm sure that, I'm sure that the, I'm sure nobody wants to discipline a kid. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> nobody wants nobody really like has it out for like discipline kids they just want people to know that they're they, they feel like there's something um precious about um in, in people's interactions with each other yeah Is, isn't it true logan that when when like if i join a new group or if i join a group maybe that you know there might be a billion people and that's irrelevant if i join a community a mm-hmm. facebook group i am like the new kid i'm like the child oh, yeah. I'm like, you know what I mean? Even though I'm an, you know, I'm an adult, I'm 150 years old and I, you know, I've been in, in a gazillion groups. I'm still the new kid there. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I love a good metaphor for explaining community. 
And I like the, uh, the metaphor of like going to school or something or walking into a classroom, going into a party, entering anything where there's like a set of uh, norms. And um, I've noticed for myself that the way I am in one room is different from the way I'm in another room. Like if I enter one room, oh, I know some people here. Um, I'm friendly with them. I kind of know how to interact. I know how I would interact in the situation. I've done it before. Um, others, maybe they don't know people there or I walk into another room and I don't know anybody there and I have to like start making friends from scratch. I'm there because I have an interest. I'm there because there's a set of conversations that it's uh, possible to have there. Maybe that I can't have anywhere else. And so I really want to start having those conversations with people. So I, I know I'm in how to act because, um, we are learning all the time, especially in like, so, especially socially. And so, yeah. The, uh, what do you, what do you think of that? Like, what is it? Yeah. I love that. You know, when you were sharing that, my, I, I was, I was equating that to, if I join a new group, I, I, and I'll challenge everybody to see if you actually do this. Cause I know I do it. And when I join a new group, one of the first things that I do is go to the members list and see if I have any friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Helps, and Because that helps me to interact. It helps me like just knowing who else is there. It kind of know what, uh, how to jam a little bit, you know, yeah, like how to yeah, express yeah. my, like, Oh, that's, I've expressed myself to these people before or people like these people. And it's funny when we, we talk about um, in the uh, learning group, we have a monthly event called the learning group lunchroom mm -hmm. it's a classroom kind of event. And Kara and I said, well, let's have a lunchroom because that's where everybody hangs out and gets a bite to eat and relaxes and chats and gets to know each other. So we, we have a monthly lunchroom. It's a Zoom meeting lunchroom. If you're certified, please come back to the learning group. If you haven't been there, we need you there. Um, I like that. And, and what we did was because, and this just comes from my personal experience and it's not bad or good. It's just reality that I was not one of the cool kids in school and I never got to sit at the cool kids table at lunch. And that felt me, I, I felt not a part of that community. So when we do the learning group lunchroom, everybody sits at the cool kids table. <laughs> everybody, no matter what, if we know you or we don't know you. And I try my best to, yeah, I want to see who I know in the group, but I also want to, maybe I want to recognize some people in the group that I don't know and maybe reach out and say, hey, thanks for sharing that. That's really valuable. I appreciate it recognizing their value even if i don't know yeah. them because yeah. you know if you and i are sitting in a room logan and i don't walk up to you for five minutes we're good man you know we, we're friends we know each other we're comfortable with each other's relationship but that person that we don't know we don't know that they're comfortable and i think i really i take it as a personal obligation to go to that person and say hello how are you welcome here's the donuts they're over here yeah you, you know what i mean i think that's that's like beautiful as a as a culture that you're especially instrumental in creating how um story of how how I got hired because oh. it was so easy you were you're already doing it <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, yeah I, I like, share like, there's no way you could not be building community in this group already you're already welcoming everybody and showing up and supporting people and want and genuinely curious in them and that's like that's all we needed we're just like we just knew it was time to pay you for it, it was, so that, uh, the pay is we, great i appreciate it i'm very grateful thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um i'll also share about that point about um something something i'm 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 
about that metaphor of like welcoming everybody to the table. It's so important. I've started to believe a little bit in trying to understand um, conversations that aren't happening or people who don't feel welcome at a table or people like inevitably there's there are set people with like socioeconomic circumstances, race, gender, um, any sort of like characteristics that they have, their interests, their way that they prefer to interact, um, their how like whatever kind of neurodivergent background they might have language. There's people who um, aren't like they don't they they join and they they're looking for people who are like them or they look for people on their friends list or something and they want to join their community and they don't have an opportunity they don't like they don't see a table that um looks familiar and so i think another challenge for this group over the next year is that we have enough people in it now that we have some diversity um and some opportunity to like understand what conversations want to happen and aren't happening and to like pop up a, a maybe a safe space, a private space or a, um, a new table, stuff that like we don't necessarily have to be a part of because it's not our, it doesn't have to be our, our place. Mm -hmm. And like this idea of like that inclusivity is actually, or exclusivity is actually good sometimes because people want to, because I will have a different conversation myself if I'm in a room with, um, if I'm in a physical room with like a couple of people that I'm really trusting or a couple of people that are all have like, like, and I know that what's, what happens here, what's said here kind of stays here and stuff. And then you put me in a different room and it'll be different. Or you put me in something where the doors are open, people are walking through like the public metaphor. Um, I'm just going to talk differently. I'm going to be differently. And it's not like anything's bad. It's just that things are like, belonging is always changing and um and I was, it's a good question to think of like what conversations would I be having if there was a space for it mm -hmm. or would the community be having if there was a space for it and I I love yeah I mean I love the fact that we try to do that in the certification the certified group um but it we want help doing that by certified people coming and saying hey I want to talk about this in a in a in a in a in a more intimate yeah. environment like rachel rachel's you you mentioned uh something that we just had a live event about about a month or five weeks ago or something to that effect rachel and um i believe it was uh tina led uh hosted a live event uh, centered on neurodiversity hmm. which was it was unbelievably touching and, and eye-opening and enlightening and heartwarming it was just an amazing and amazing uh, an amazing event that was that we had in the group because of rachel and i believe it was tina um putting out their willingness to talk about uh, neurodiversity and i had to look it up i didn't know what it was i didn't i didn't understand and uh if i and, and you know if you think about i'll, I'll take it just a quick moment and circle back to the professional side of sort of being certified if we're creating and, and and nurturing community for a brand or a client this is 110 percent relevant to all of that too it's not just your local community group or your local health group or your local you know i'm dealing with a disease group or your you know your race car hobby group it's the brands also because 
whether that person that joins your group is there because they like building model cars or because they're interested in finding out about you know how you're using uh the tonal uh applications and things like that or you know how you're finding how you connect to the airbnb which are some big giant companies that we have the honor to work with here um they all have people and everything we're talking about tonight is about the people mm -hmm. you know i just i just think that's so important to 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 turn it around and always talk about the people um i want to move to tomorrow yeah. okay you want you oh. want to you want to add something to that Go ahead. i just thought of like something of a tip i i all um a quick disclaimer I, I logged on today thinking that it was just going to be a recording for Hal's podcast. And now I'm talking to certified and I love talking to certified, the certified group, because this is going live in the certified group. Um, for listeners of Hal's podcast, this is live in the certified group. You should join. But <laughs> I, um, I keep on thinking of tips and, and plans and, and just from my own experience, things that I think could be helpful takeaways. And, one thing about it, just like coming down to people and coming down to like showcasing a lot, showcasing like neuro, like people who might be having a different set of experiences in community or who want to have a different set of experiences, how to not just make a community as a community manager, we want to serve the community. We don't, we don't just want a community that's like us. Um, and you even have to lead on the brand on that way. Oftentimes you, like mm -hmm. there's, program managers or developers or business folks and they're like well we're gonna we want to do these things and it's like but that's not like the people you have that's like are you so you have to make sure you're solving a problem and actually like that saying that like product people and business people are like oh yeah yeah we have to solve a problem we can't build something that doesn't help people otherwise nobody will come and so um how do you show them who the people are um one thing i would recommend um is that notion of like our, a community member showcase. I've called it like, if it's a program, I call it like a program participant showcase um, where you can actually like, you're, it's just what's been happening and, and what do you think will happen next? And what's been happening are like the stories, the screenshots. Um, I think that for the pilot group of this, we were sending it, we had um, uh, people who are studying to be certified community managers, Jennifer from the, from the chat, mm -hmm. like yeah. people sent in videos. And I was like, this is, this is just your opportunity. 30 seconds. Talk to the Facebook team, talk to the people that, um, that are really interested or building for you and they want a relationship with you. And, um, and so we just go and show them participant experience meetings and just thinking about, um, you know, you might be like, Oh, we're going to create uh, rooms for, um, we're, we're going to create, do these programs or these initiatives and you can come up with all these great things and put on decks. And then that's like that experience of so many community professionals where the, the business is like, yeah, like maybe we'll do that later or we'll get there. It's like not obvious to them that this is the thing that people want or they're asking for that they're ready for. And so just like, how do you make a, how do you tell a story? Um, call it like a community experience meeting something like community leaders, community managers, you should run your own meetings, at least one for every team you're on. Just run one of your own meetings with your own agenda and make it about the people. Totally. That's my tip. Totally. That's like spot on because, you know, and, and it, it's, it's really interesting that when I'm talking to uh, 
a software engineer about a, a feature. And he's he's talking to me about, you know, some highly technical, you know, Albert Einstein level nuclear powered space shuttle criteria. And um, at w one of the most favorite, one of our, yours and my most favorite humans on the planet, Kemi, has a great way that that I try to use to talk to people when I'm trying to ask them to talk my language is talk to me like I'm a five-year-old. I have no idea what you're talking. I have no idea what you just said. So when you take that and you reverse that and say, okay, well, I need to show the value of nurturing our people, our community members to the brand and show them why I need to be able to fill those gaps and make those connections I, because I'm not talking to the community person, the member, the customer. I'm talking to the business. So I need to be in the middle of that to show the business of why it's so valuable to nurture the customer in a community. And when I'm able to do that, I can make that connection. And I'm talking the business language because it's not only about the dollars will come. The, the, the conversion to customers and better customer service and happier customers and less complaints and more knowledge about the product or the service is going to be there, but only when we put it on a level of we're talking to human beings here, you know, and, and, and I use an example. Um, one of the biggest companies in the world, Home Depot, I'm sure, I think it's pretty global. I think everybody knows Home Depot. Um, you know, it, it, for example, if you were driving down the interstate and you saw a big orange billboard and had a picture of a guy with a hammer building a house and the, everything was orange, you probably know that's Home Depot. They know what the brand is. They know how to nurture the, the customer. They know how to service the customer. Um, I have no association whatsoever with Home Depot, except they take a lot of money when I buy things I don't need. Um, but you know, when you go into when you go into a lot of those bigger companies, they recognize you as a person. Yeah, you're a customer. Yeah, you're there to spend money so they can make business profit. But they treat they welcome you at the door. Mm -hmm. So you go to Home Depot. There's always a, there's always you know usually a come out of retirement older person that's just looking for some extra money that's real personable standing at the door saying hi how welcome. They're recognizing the value of the human person that customer. And when we make those connections, it's a grand slam home run for community. So I got another question for you, Helm, yeah. on this recognizing yeah. the people. Um, because I think that you are on a lot of calls, a lot of office hours, coffee chats, and a lot of, in the learning group all the time. Check out Hal's Donut Shop podcast. But <laughs> I think that like I wonder how much people actually how much your community actually knows about you because you do such a good job of keeping the focus on on um, whomever you're talking to, because you are very, you pay like excellent attention. But I wonder, I guess like one question I have is like, what do you feel like you're, maybe you could walk us through like a really important decision you had to make once. I would love to hear about it. What's like a really, like a really hard decision you had to make and how to make it. And I especially love tr transitions. This is, so like, at different times in your life, you were sound like you're traveling the whole country. Another time you were um, 
a firefighter, specifically a, a rest, like one who rescued people from build, up, up at going up buildings, um, going into holes. Um, and you had to learn your way around all the, the safety, safety mechanisms required and being on a team. Another point you have been in the painting business and run your own painting business. And now you're um, doing knowledge work. You're a knowledge worker. You, you spend your time like relying on what you know and building your expertise in this area. And I wonder with all of that, like what's the time that you had to make a really hard decision and um, how did you do it? It's really hard. It's really a tough, it's a difficult question because I, I look back, I may, you know, I've obviously, you know, uh, I was retired collecting a small pension from the state of New York as a retired firefighter emergency services dispatcher. My full-time job before Facebook was staying home and annoying my wife and I was very good at it. Um, and at, you met Lorraine and you know that, you know, her and I are just like, we're just got, we're perfect for each other. You know, she lets me do my thing and I'll start talking to her about this program or that program or this, this you know, this, this candidate or this partner or this collective or this whatever. And, and, you know, the, the, her eyes get glazed over. <laughs> you know? That's probably good for you. She, uh, yeah, she, she, she understands it. She loves it, but okay. So I don't, I can't think of a, a decision that was really, really, really difficult to do because I just try, try to stay, I try to stay true to the man in the mirror mm -hmm. because, you know, I can, I can tell you one thing and tell Kara another thing and tell Kemi one other thing and, you know, tell Sandy in, in the certified group another thing and, it may not have an awful lot of relevance if what I tell you and what I tell somebody else may be a little different. But I learned a long time ago that that wherever I go, there I am. Yeah. And that's if true. I, if that's true. You, you mentioned about traveling, and and I yeah, I was on the road for about five and a half years traveling. I lived in eleven states in the United States, and I hitchhiked and rode a motorcycle, drove a tractor trailer, camped out in, in national parks, and did all sorts of like hippie stuff way after hippie movement you know i i was probably born like 15 years too late but <laughs> um having you know having gone through that experience I, and i took i took lessons from there also and i still bring those lessons with me now you know there was there were times when i was out on the road and and i was just traveling around being like single young and stupid you know and and I used to, to to get from point A to point B, and back in the day, this was like basically acceptable for a young hippie kind of guy. I would go to the rest area on the interstate, and if I was on the eastbound side of the rest area, I'd, I'd ask people for, for money, for help. I'm stuck here. I have no money, which is true. I was stuck here. I didn't have any money, and I would, you know, people back then were like, sure, here's 10 bucks, here's five bucks, and I would get like two or $300 in like three or four hours. And then I would, you know, I was manipulating it. I went on the east to westbound side and said the same thing, except I was pointed in the other direction. And then I traveled for another three or four or five days on that money. And people cared. Yeah. I don't you think know, you were deceiving them. It doesn't sound like. I think they knew exactly. I'm sure they, you met them and 
they knew exactly who yeah. they were giving the money to and they wanted to do it. Yep. I was I was walking, I was I was driving in a little town with my wife Lorraine, in a little town in, in on Long Island called Centerport. It's a little teeny tiny hamlet kind of small teeny tiny town. And what was I do? I was working for a landscaping company or something at that point, doing like property management and stuff. And a fire truck drove by. I remember exactly where it was. I remember the, and it was, it was like a, a, a school on the weekend. And it was, it was like, it was an almost fire. It wasn't a real fire, but I pulled over and watched these guys. And I'm like, well, first off, I'm a guy. So, you know, big, big giant red fire trucks is like cool stuff. Right. I think every little boy at some point in time thought about being a firefighter, <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> and I sat there and I watched them and, they, and it wasn't a real fire or anything. They broke a window. They opened up a door whatever. It wasn't anything major. And I turned to Lorraine and said, I want to do that. And she said, huh? I said, I want to be a fireman. Okay. <laughs> and it was a volunteer fire department. You didn't get paid. There was no pay. You just volunteered to do it. And they put you through training and they certified you. And that was the first fire department I was, was involved with. And it was, it, it, it was the community thing again, Logan. I didn't know it at the time, but it, it was a way for me to nurture that sense of community. Right. I didn't know the it. Is like, no. do you want to do, when you said, do you want to do that? Do you want yeah. to do what? Ride the fire truck? Oh yeah. Siren, fire. lights and but sirens you... and equipment and fire hoses. Right. And, oh yeah. But it was I think like, also cool. like, maybe I'm, I'm hearing you say and knowing you how, maybe you're saying like, I want to be a part of that. I mm. want to like, I want to belong to that. Yeah, belonging. And yeah. And so that's like what you're saying. It's like after a while, you know, the novelty of riding a fire truck. I would imagine I'm, I was gonna say maybe it wears off, but actually it maybe was, it never wears off. It was like we talked about when you were here. Uh you had mentioned about like technical rescue, high angle rope rescue, confined space rescue, like some real, real specialized kind of firefighting stuff. Uh it was it was new and uh it was like a new set of toys. So I got yeah. to play, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, I, I'm uh, the the thrill of putting out the fires yeah. and cutting cars apart to help people. I, I do that in my sleep. Well, no I'm problem. connecting this idea of like um how you, when you told me that you were joining like the technical rescue team. Yeah, that, yeah. That like we need to get specific equipment and training to do specific types. It of didn't exist. Rescue interventions. Yeah. Uh, didn't exist. I'm just getting reminded. I'm kind of saying like, oh, that's like. You get a you get a new tool, you train on it, you want to use it, you want to see get your team all ready to go. That is very um, current role, like getting a new feature, a new tool, and being like, all yep. right, let's break it. Let's yep. see, this is yep. awesome. Let's like team <laughs> together. Let's get training. Let's like. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 love, you love a new toy, don't you? Oh yeah, and when I thought and and when you were talking about that, I said, wow, that's like the learning group. Yeah. How does that equate to the certification learning group? I'll tell you exactly how. When I, I became certified because it was a new toy. It was a new tool. I didn't know what it was going to do. I share this a lot. And, and you know, the new member on boarding calls, the door in front of you, it's called certification. You don't know what's on the other side of the door until you open it. Right. Yeah. So when I became certified it's two years ago in December, it's two years ago. Um, the learning group i joined the learning group and it was really fun it was fun to be in the learning group and there were there were people like tina who's now one of our certified trainers leanne 
who's now one of our certified trainers, Kate Vanderbilt, who's now one of our certified trainers, and uh, Mariana and Enrique came on later. But those three particular people, give or take a month, became certified the same time I did. And the three of us stuck around. Mm. And we noticed that we were having fun. And <laughs> you and other, we were going to every live event. We're going to all mm -hmm. the learnings. We, we were already, you know, we were there, but... And then somebody on the team, I forget who it was, I guess it was Kemi, I'm not sure, put a post in the group saying something to the effect of, hey, is anybody interested in volunteering to be a learning mentor? Oh, that was me. Okay. Myself and Kara, I'm not sure. We, we, we of course, yeah. talked. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and me, Kate, Leanne, Tina, Warren, and I don't remember if there was anybody oh, else. Yeah. I wish we could shout out everybody. We tried to. Yeah. And we volunteered. We said, yeah, we'll do it. And me, Tina, and um, Le and and Leanne, for some reason, we sort of like buddied up. And we decided that we were going to do our learning event every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern time because we thought right. it, was, it was a good time for all three of us. And we felt that it was a good time globally for different parts of different time zones. Right. It's so so we started. Yeah. And we something that we have a philosophy it's like that um, era of volunteer learning mentors no longer exists. And the way we set it up was to say like, we're going to do like cohorts of like different trainings yes. things and people join and they're like, join these cohorts or join these things. And probably be easier now with chats. Just like go join the chat and you'll go on a journey or something. But even then people were like to study at their own race. We just learned so much from trying stuff. I think that was the most valuable thing we had in those early days of the certification was we built, Kara and I built relationships with like that group of people that you named and so many others. And we felt like we could fail. We felt like we could try stuff that we thought was a good enough idea. Mm -hmm. And we could show everybody what we were trying to do and that there would be, that gaps would be filled and people would see what the goal was. And, um, we just went in announcing it like, hey, we're going to be learning mentors. Who wants to do it? Hey, here's how the progress is. And we sit in, in these meetings and we'd say, here's the best presentation training materials we put together so far. And we get all this feedback. And we're like, great. Like, we'll do it as fast as we can. And then people are jumping in, making their own learning materials. And this has all become what it is now with the trainers. Mm -hmm. But um, I remember that like how you and I, that was a really fun time because we would just hang out for half an hour and like co-work together yeah. on the thing we were both having a good time with doing. And um, yeah, I, I, again, it's like, how do you launch a program, a learning mentor program and what's the best practice way for it? And I think that community industry, the community industry and the content has gotten to the point where um, people are getting pretty smart about it. And they're like, this is what's worked for me. And here's my, my blueprints and stuff. And like, they'll probably work. They're great for like ideas. It's I, I'm, I've, it's not what we were doing was not too different from like a um, any educational program or ambassador program or something like that. But to actually do it, we just had to like kind of get humble actually and be like, we're just going to give it our best shot. And we're probably going to have to like change things, eat humble pie. But we're, it's more important that we just do it. And also, we trust that we trust the people that are getting involved in it. Um, if nobody signed up, we wouldn't have done it, of course. But if people were saying like, hey, I believe in this too. And, and, um, I just give me a chance to to mentor some people and build real relationships. As long as these people are meeting the people, like that's the that's the point. The program is just to get the people together 
and start building some some productive relationships. That's all. And then and then get and then take a feedback as fast as we can and and um, yeah. One time, oh, I also, yeah. I, I we we uh, Tina. I I when I have to, when I'm when I'm open when I have enough time in my work calendar, uh, a lot of times I'll try to enter the learn the 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 certified trainers live event before anybody else gets there. And I'm working here while I'm there, hanging out and chatting with them, just being friends. I like and, it a lot. Oh yeah, it's a lot of fun, and it's and it's not a matter of you know teaching anybody anything. We're just you know we're just still being community together, you know. And and for for whatever reason, Friday morning Eastern time is is a is a lot of times it, my schedule is a little bit lighter than normal, so I can multitask. And what I do is I'll 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 meet with Tina uh, like ten thirty in the morning Eastern time when she's getting ready to do her course review. And we'll hang out in Zoom in one window while both of us are multitasking. I'm doing content creation or whatever I'm doing for work on in the other in the other window. And uh, it's just we've developed such a yeah, it's a friendship. Yes, it's definitely a friendship. It's a close friendship. It's take this in the in the most positive positive way. We've, we're, we have built intimate relationships with our people in the certification program. We know about our kids and our, and our, and our health concerns and our, and our weather and our jobs. And, you know, Tina is always getting ready to do the next incredible reel in the learning group or the certified group. And she's talking to me about how she's planning to do the reel or whatever. It's just, it's just so much, it's such, before I started working at Facebook, I had probably by choice six or eight personal friends that we were like close together, intimate, talked to each other several times a week, you know, knew about everything together. I because I chose that. I have a, a a boatload of acquaintances, but I just didn't feel compelled to to put in the the required effort to build more meaningful relationships with a whole lot more people than that until, until this, until the certification program, because I found a new excitement, a new focus, a new challenge, a new journey to go down that has opened me up to dozens of what I can confidently say, intimate friendships. A, intimate in a non-sexual way intimate in the you know a lot about yeah. me way well to speak broadly about relationships relationships do take work they say like you the required work to build more relationships mm -hmm. they do take work i think that what we are doing when we refer to like a healthy community a thriving community um is it's like it's facilitating relationships facilitating meaning like making something easier and it's a little easier, like when you're on a college campus, that's sort of people's like, oh, I have all so many friends from college. It's because you kind of know there's a lot of people like you going the same journey as you mm -hmm. who are safe. If they weren't safe, they, they, they could get removed. Like in a community, like you kind of trust in a good community that um, there's an opportunity to make friends and to build real relationships. Relationships still take work, but it's like you can have fun, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm.
not like oh man it's like my family <laughs> or something it's like I'm gonna it's gonna do a lot of work and sometimes it's fun and sometimes there's rituals like getting together at Thanksgiving and sometimes you got to do it because it's family and you got to do it even if it's hard mm-hmm. um and I would say but in a in a community sometimes I think there's like they're like projects and things should be fun because because I don't know like that sense of belonging like what is it how would you describe belonging how that's like the opportunity just feeling like you are a part of something and that mm-hmm. you can you can um you like there's a there's a certain measure of trust that you have in somebody it's like easy you might come away afterwards and like wow I just like love my relationships or something and yeah it's like this I feel like I talk about it all the time like belonging or it's like do we belong to this but how how would you describe it feeling like you belong it's almost like I'll, I'll give you a quick example, then I'll explain it because it's kind of goofy. But yeah. it's almost like, you know, you buy a brand new pair of shoes. You know, they're the right size, they're the right style, but you're just, you're just not broken in yet. They're not yours. Yeah, you own them. Yeah, they're, they're, they're your style. You might have the same exact style, same exact size, but you got that other pair that you just, you're you're comfortable with it you feel at home in them Mm -hmm. and maybe you know that that brand new pair of shoes will eventually if you invest the needed time into it feel comfortable also but until then it's Hmm. and i when i join when i go into a community it has to to at least to some degree of value to me feel like home it has to or why am i there in the first place you know, that community and feeling a part of and belonging to something is a two-way street, like any relationship. You know, I've, we have in, in the learning group last month or about a month ago, we hit, we hit a little over 15,000 candidates. Why are we all there? Because we want to get better at managing communities. Because we have a goal, you know, the the end zone is different. One is a brand, one's my community, one's I just feel like collecting certifications, whatever it is. But we have a common thread. We have a common need, you know, that there's a, there's a, there's a, a self-help group that I belong to that has nothing to do with Facebook, but is on, has a Facebook group, a Facebook page. And I've been a member for quite a while. And it's about a very serious illness and it's, it, there's a lot of fatality in this illness. And the, the admin was trying to figure, because everybody's, uh, I'm, I'm taking medication, I'm doing this and whatever their story was on their journey for this, this very serious medical illness. And they were, they asked one day about what can I do to help anybody, you know, feel more comfortable here? Something like that. Yeah. Great question. Right. And uh, because they're not getting medication there, they're not getting cures, they're not getting treatments, they're getting. And they're talking, they're, they put that into a Facebook group. That's right. Yeah, it's a Facebook so group. Like, yep. And so they, it's like, like a, it's, it's, they're asking about belonging. That's right. Exactly. So a couple of the people said, we want to do something fun. We're, let's make believe we're talking about cancer treatment. It's not that's not that's not what it is. But let's make believe yeah. it was. It was always about cancer treatments and new treatments and new therapies and new cures and you know new charities and foundations and stuff, which is all very 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 serious stuff. You know, and and 
what the admin did was give me a minute to think about it. And a couple of weeks later, like on a Sunday morning, a trivia question popped up in this very serious group that's not cancer, but similar seriousness to cancer. And the question was, for example, one of them was, um, what, what's the name of the hippopotamus when you were a kid in the cartoons that used to fly around in a balloon and save people? It's a cartoon trivia question. And I'm like, this has absolutely nothing to That's do. It's a captivating question. I was trying to imagine. Cancer. Now I'm thinking of a hippopotamus yeah. with a balloon. Yeah, I happen to know it. <laughs> it's it's actually well i'll get i'll give you the answer to the trivia question and i'll give a couple people that are watching the, the, the chance to chime in with the answer okay. but anyway um and and that was like one of the most incredibly engaging rewarding posts in the group that i could find because the admin realized that even though we're about this disease or helping people get through this terrible illness, they're human beings also, and they want to be, have a laugh and have a giggle. Yeah. He, he was recognizing their humanity. He was making them feel a part right. of it. You want to know the answer? I also just want to say one thought on that. As yeah, I heard, Kara was oh. actually talking about a, a community or a platform for community building for people who are having difficulty working through um major illness mm -hmm. and but there was like an interesting twist on it which was that they couldn't it wasn't about treatments and health for the illness it's just it's just they're just building a place for people who got it who understood and so being able to go to a group like that where it's like everybody's going through the same thing is having the same challenges as you and knowing that that's the place where people get it mm -hmm. they can relate to you mm -hmm. and having fun there it's like chef's kiss right it's like oh exactly exactly like where you're like oh like i can act goofy how if i act goofy if i act like myself not only am i acting like myself i feel like i can be vulnerable mm -hmm. about i can share what my preferences are i can share who i am as a person what i've learned and my experiences and other people here like know what it's like to be me a little bit in a way mm -hmm. that people I can't necessarily like associate with otherwise. And that was the, one of the reasons why one of the best things out of the, these learning programs that we did and the community accelerator always has this is that it is such a journey being on a community, uh, a community leader is such a journey. And at Meta, we kind of distinguish like you're a group admin and you get a lot of momentum and maybe you get programs and maybe you get some, you're, you're causing some positive social impact um, and people are rallying behind you and you're like, all right, should I do events? Should I do education? Should I do? Um, there's this moment and um, it can get really lonely yeah. because everybody thinks that you knew what you were doing. You were just growing a community, maybe a community that you just wanted to be a member of. And all of a sudden you are feeling really responsible. You're in this place where everybody is like you, perhaps everyone else is like, for example, also a single mom or going through the same kind of like like journey or something but you're a little separate from them you have to you have all these other hats you're like a caretaker of of so much and so what we found is which is interesting we've got these people in this leadership program and they're like 
oh, this is the only place that I feel like I can actually be myself mm -hmm. um, because there's all these, uh, they, they relate to all the challenges. And ultimately that's all of our programs kind of have that as well. Like certified people are on this journey of, um, of career development. I guess you could say, I also hesitate to say it like that because it's just like doing, doing, this, doing the activities and being responsible for what you're also passionate about is another way of describing it. Just like having tremendous passion for something, for people and relationship building and, and, um, and, and wanting to take on more to do with it. Wanting to actually be responsible and actually wanting to actually like being able to, to navigate trust with that. And not many people are like that. <laughs> no, no. There's a, yeah. there's a lot of people, Logan, there's a lot of people that, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just different. There's a lot of people that would be more than happy to sit and be involved in a community, but not, they're not, they're not, they don't have the desire to become vulnerable, vulnerable enough to step into a leadership role or a support role even if it's in your own little group or community and and that's okay too because even though we are a, I'll I'll take a quote off my back wall even though we are a community of community leaders that are leading communities we are also members yeah. and learning how to value all of that at the same time is a skill that not everybody chooses to nurture but yeah. it's, it, it, if you're willing it's definitely doable and it's incredibly rewarding. Back yeah. to the trivia question. Yeah, thank you. Sandy Reed got it. It's Peter Potamus. <laughs> <laughs> and just to give you uh, a couple of extra points, if you didn't know, um, his major defense mechanism was called the Hurricane Hippo Holler. And he would go <sighs> and he would blow the bad guy away or whatever it was. And he had a little mouse kind of cohort assistant. I forget what his name was, but yeah, that's that's the trivia question. That's but anyway, beautiful. That's yeah, and Sandy guessed it. <laughs> she got right, Peter Potamus. <laughs> well done, Sandy. <laughs> but I'd anyway. like to, as your word, just send an imaginary hippopotamus on a balloon in your direction. It might take a long time to get there, but no, it's coming. Depends on when the wind blows. We'll get there anytime over the rest of the course of your life. You'll know when it comes. I, I like I like that a lot, um, <laughs> Logan. How do you? I got a couple more, a couple of quick questions. If you're if you're okay with yeah, that, let's wrap for a minute. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, you see a door in front of you, right? Mm -hmm. It might be a recertification door. It might be a job opportunity. It might be a company that you know could definitely use a community manager. Where do you get the courage or the, the, the as, as my parents used to say, the chutzpah to step, to become willing to open up that door when you don't know what's on the other side of it? Because not all of us have like, are willing to just walk up and open that door because there might be a cliff on the other side that we can't get back from. How do you, what do you do there? How do you, how do you manage that? Um, I think, I'll, I'll start by saying um, one thing I was taught about like career development or going through like kind of picking your path or there's like a, it's like a broad map of, of places you can go to in your work and in the, your skills, your skill development. 
And I got this concept of like buckets to talk to me once, told, uh, told me once, which is like, you have different buckets of things you're interested in. Um, but uh, like at one point a bucket was like um, a travel um, and entrepreneurship was a big bucket because I just loved people coming alive by building something that they're passionate about. Um, another bucket was like education and teachers. And so once you kind of know those, you kind of map, I just start to like map the problems or, th or commonalities with people in there. And so I start to get better at having conversations about solving problems for those buckets. And then another way, another bucket is, those are like interest buckets. And then there's another category of uh, like skills or processes that you're good at. Like I, I found out that um, between acquiring a customer and um, having the customer not only do business with you or like sign up, but also like repeat as a customer was, was like my sweet spot. Um, and so I could, when somebody was like in the door, a little bit of customer for a brand, I can say like, and how are you nurturing them? Are they getting emails? I, I just kind of got some good ideas for how to solve stuff. I read a lot of articles and be like, okay, this is useful, a useful tactic for, for this. And then when I would, when the door was open and I'm like, okay, I want to maybe build a relationship with like a, a client or um, within my organization, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to talk to a designer. What do designers care about? They want to know what the, who the users are. They want to build things that work. They want to test them. Um, they want product feedback. Okay. And these are the users. And, and so you just kind of get your conversations down. Um, as I say, the chutzpah of walking in that door, just like always, I think that sometimes you put like the opportunity in front of as the thing that we want when actually like we're talking about belonging we just want to like belong i like i've identified that for me it's really important just to feel like i i belong in the room um and that i'm actually providing value and it's less important for me to like if somebody doesn't want what i have to offer as a community manager and relationship manager it's like then it wasn't the right time anyway like i don't have to sell them that hard but i think that people can be talking to more folks and see on offering it up and so it's always like, if you want to um, have um, um, more closer and closer relationship with your partners or with your or clients or your, or whoever, it's like, if you want to like improve relationship building, it's like, here's the value I can offer and here's some ideas and stuff. And here's like the first thing I would do. And then I always say like, sometimes like when I'm reaching out to someone, like, I'm like, I get messages all the time that are like, Hey, like can I pick your brain or can I get like a job, you know? And it's like hard to say, it's hard to like know how to respond to that because I'm like, yeah, but I can only do so many of those a week because it's going to drain my energy. And also like, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure if you're, if, how, how do I know that you're the right fit for this? I don't know yet. Like maybe it's not even a good match. Maybe it's, maybe this is not even what you want. I don't know who you are, you know, if it's a cold outreach. So I, I keep that in mind, just the experience of getting reached out to when I reach out to other people and, a, and a, a better way to start the conversation is to be like, how can try and solve a problem for them? How can you provide value to them? Um, how can you like do something, even something small that is valuable for them? And um, that's how I get the chutzpah. Now, 
on the other hand, I think when I was in like my 20s and in a hustle mode, I think I was doing a lot of like showing up to San Francisco and trying to like um, to always talk about work. <laughs> always be trying to solve problems, be like, oh, we could do this or we could do that or like I can consult with you for this way and here's my thing. And I, I, I think that that's definitely like, I'm just saying it doesn't apply for everybody. I've gotten a little bit more focused now and be like, here's who I'm trying to, who here's who I know I can provide value to. I think that that's just something that happens is people like, you might start a consultancy and then realizing realize that your offering is not for everybody. You're more comfortable doing a specific, um, owning a certain part of the whole customer journey. But just, yeah, I, I would just say like try small, try small experiments first with somebody and and um, and then provide value when you do that. Demonstrate the value and then and then move on from there. It's just so much easier to say yeah. So if I'm reaching out to somebody, it's like hey, this is a job that sounds interesting. Um, so I'm gonna reach out to them. And oftentimes I'm like, hey, I just love to know, I'm really interested in the space. I've been studying it for a little bit. Here's some, and I would love to, if you have a conversation with me, um, you know, let it be known that you'll follow up with them. You'll, you'll like wanna understand where they're coming from. If you like, it's great when you follow up with somebody with like some articles or just like, hey, I've been thinking about your, here's how I'm seeing your problem set or here's some things that I'm thinking, the way I'm thinking about it. Um, and I often say like, if I can't solve, if I'm not the right person to solve your problem and provide value to you, then I'll reach out to someone in my network who is. Oh, so I don't have to know everything. <laughs> I have to be willing to own that and say, listen, I'll, I've got, I've got a guy, as, as they say on Long Island, I got a guy, I got a guy I can send to you that might be able to help you out with that. Just something, yeah. just something else you said, Logan, that was really, really important. And I'll and I'll I'll change the words around a little bit. Uh, I might not be the best fit for every client, every business, every company, just because I know what I'm doing, so to speak. I, they might not be a good fit for me, right? Which is so it's like a it looks like it starts to look like a strategic partnership that you're developing. You know, I I have a I have a a, a value I can bring to the table. But, you know, I'm not going to do it, you know, I, I couldn't do it for this situation or that situation because of whatever my personal reasons are, you know, value reasons or, or integrity reasons or, or, you know, it doesn't always have to be money reasons. It could be I'm not, I'm not aligned with the mission of that company. I don't like what, you know, I, I couldn't sleep at night knowing that I was doing that. Yeah. Right. I need to, yeah. I, I, I like to I, I'm protecting myself doing that. Aren't that's, I valuing my, I'm honoring yeah. myself. I think that's super fair. Yeah. You do what like gives you energy um, is a good metric. I also think that if something is like, it just happens so often that someone, not, not like a, a cool business happens because somebody set out to solve a problem and then they maybe even often started with like taking on clients to solve this problem. And then they started solving their own problems and trying to solve that problem. They're like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll put the stuff I'm doing, I'll put it into spreadsheets. All right, I'll write, I'll like have someone come up and clean up my spreadsheets and like put some macros in there. All right, I'll make a landing page for this. And all of a sudden you started stitching together these applications and you're just trying to improve it and get faster. And all of a sudden you are, uh, you are, software you're offering your software or your community building skills as a service and then that's like 
just such a common thing i would i would say like and like often these these things are just like this company exists because and these services exist because there's a specific kind of like clientele out there maybe it's um a brand who primarily works with influencers and they need to like map create community for their influencers like all right that's my niche i've been done that before i've been developing different ways to do that and stuff you just get better at it and it's like that's i think that like as especially as the community manager management eco community management industry improves it gets better there's gonna be more people kind of like specializing and um like i say like we should all be referring each other to each other there's so many problems that need to be solved that could be solved by community that that is actually the best solution and there's so we've come up with so many there's so many just in this group so many different solutions that people are coming up with all the time and we could be probably talking to each other better about them and, and referring each other clients and things and opportunities uh i want to i want to touch on one quick thing because i'm exceedingly curious about it and we're running on about and wow an hour and 40 minutes this is really yeah cool. it's great Thank this you. like i love that you say like just one quick thing this is like such a how yeah, yeah well it's, it's funny I'll, I'll... five seconds to, to talk about this and then it's like five minutes <laughs> and but everyone's enjoying themselves that's why we're here yeah yeah um the the uh, the okay in 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 five minutes or less big challenge Talk about VR and Web3. Okay. Demystify that for all, for me, and I'm sure for all of us. What's this Web3? Is there a new internet? What's what's going on with that? And and what are you doing with your MetaQuest headset that I know you play with a lot? That's Yeah, <laughs> okay. those two things. Five minutes, go. These are different categories. We know that like the, in, the, the big change that's happening is technology is always getting faster and more local local being like at first you had to work in like a huge terminal like and you had to go to a place that was like a big room my mom has actually learned computer science graduated one of the first computer science majors from the university of oregon and she had to work at this giant terminal that everybody was using one big computer together now everybody has their own computer but we're storing most of our applications and our data our databases are in like the cloud owned by all our data sitting in like like financial institutions and Amazon and 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 even Facebook and stuff and we have to ask for access to it because things are getting more local like bitcoin everybody has a version of like the, the the what bitcoin is on their own computers their own servers and stuff it's like that's when people say decentralized it's like it's everybody can have access to it. You don't have to go to the cloud. So people are running what's called nodes and they have access to it. So just what does it mean when any, everybody can own and have access to everything? Um, I think for a community manager, it's in our communities, we have to talk using the language of consent around data and permission and agreements. And we have to talk using the language of ownership. So you go into a community of people who are gathered and they all have the same coin. They all have, they're using the same token and they all own a piece of it or they all own the same NFT. They all own an NFT that gives them access to the community. So everybody there is an owner. And think about a 
uh, a community where it's like a cooperative or something that everybody owns a piece of it? Like, how do you talk if you're um, like at a farmer's market and every farmer there, every like booth there has ownership over the farmer's market and they all are in a cooperative and they have to make decisions together. Do we grow it? Do we move? Who, do we, who else do we want in here? Um, should we do this new thing? Maybe it'll increase all of our wealth. Do we issue shares in the success of this thing? Um, without getting too heavy on like financial decisions and how it all works, you have to act like everybody's an owner and you have to make decisions about like, how do we, how do we get consent from everybody about how things work around here? So I think there's a huge opportunity for Web3 and like the acronyms there being like decentralized autonomous organizations, DAOs. There's a huge opportunity for community managers who are also um, kind of doing a little bit of project management and getting people in the room together to agree to stuff and doing like, let's consent to this. New members, maybe they buy something and they consent to having a part of their tokens going into a pool for this and then we're all consenting and making agreements about how we're going to do that don't get too confused like there's going to be a time later where we're having to talk about like nfts decentralized nodes and stuff the same way we have to talk about like the cloud or um like using certain applications or something it's like which is to say like we don't talk about that we just do community building. We just talk about our relationships and we try and get things done. And so as a skill that community leaders have to get into, it's um, just think about it as ownership. That's what all these Web3 communities are doing is they're owning their own communities. And I think there's a, like, if you're in the community industry now, you'll get an opportunity to work with a community, work with a project or a business where um, the community owns a part of the business and won't that be exciting that'll be really thrilling and hard because <laughs> people yeah. are, people if people are disagree with each other it's you can't just boot them out of the group they own it unless there's some sort of collective decision made for it but at the same time everyone's incentives are aligned they can get things done together they can make purchases together they can it can become a movement um and there's a lot of projects where there is not community where people just kind of are in it to um inflate the value of their coins and those projects often fail like it has to start with community because people have to get things done succeed and um actually be mindful about how they're including or excluding people a lot of projects need your help how did, how is that that was just web three yeah uh, yeah I love it. So, okay so I, I know that um you you have a, a quest headset and yeah and i know you do stuff with it i know that i think it was lena and um i think it might have been rachel blackbird song. yeah i saw them in the dance party they're, they're, i think yeah they're, I think they're all, yeah i think they were playing ping pong the other day together in, in that's awesome in, in in the quest what's it feel like i'm afraid that i'm gonna i'm gonna walk trip down the stairs if i get one and forget that the wall, forget <laughs> yeah, that the wall is there and like stuff watching their tvs and yeah stuff. yeah like, so i'll say that like um for the very basics of how it actually works in your own room it's like you put on the headset you put on the hands you draw a circle around where you're standing and so that circle represents your area and if you start walking close to the circle like this is the end of the circle you drew a circle around here 
you get close to it and it and it shows you like as it turns into uh like you see that there's a matrix that you're in the matrix <laughs> and it like turns into a grid and if you pass your head through it then you're you, the cameras show you the room that you're in there's cameras on the outside of the on the quest so wow. i think it's a little played up people who are uh running into walls and stuff or they're or they're having a they they went too fast <laughs> yeah yeah but um, so i wouldn't worry too much about that i mean still like make sure you're certain you have a lot of room around your circle or else you'll be punching your table um, <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of also like another thing because there's cameras on the outside so you can um incorporate like stuff from your actual environment into your quest so you can look like i'll show you my messy desk you can look like at your desk right okay. yep and you you draw like this is a desk and then in your vr environment it knows that that's a desk whenever whenever you look at it and so you can set things up you can like say like there's a keyboard on here and you link your vr to your bluetooth keyboard and so when you're moving around your your home, your office in VR, you look over, there's a desk with a keyboard that is being shown to you that's like in, exists in the world, but you reach out your hands to it and you actually type on your real keyboard because oh it's that accurate. So, okay, so. Um, that's the experience of being in VR. Do you, do you, do you play games? Yeah. Yeah, so I'll tell a story about um, a game with a really good community behind it called Echo VR. It's like, ultimate frisbee in zero gravity it's like oh whoa, whoa, whoa. hang on it's I, I, I i i grew up in in the late 60s doing all sorts of weird things what did you just say that you did with the bot with the virtual what you come at me again with that so it's like you're in a giant arena okay like a giant um court and there's things you can grip onto and you can like propel yourself in certain directions but you can go in all directions zero gravity in space and you have a disc and a couple members of your team and you're throwing you can throw the past the disc to each other you throw it on ahead it's kind of like hockey because everyone's floating around and like has momentum from like the ice but um wow the disc is a frisbee so you're like doing this motion to throw it yeah and um so if you've ever played ender's game you're like gripping onto stuff or seen ender's game you're like gripping onto stuff and moving around and launching yourself and and trying to like um like impact other people so that you knock the disc out of their hands and stuff it is awesome so that's the game there's a um lobby when you first join you go to the training and then you can join the lobby and then there you can like often meet up with their friends that you have that and then choose which you want to go into a game or you want to go into a training kind of practice area or something but there's other people in this lobby um real people real people Okay. And so when I first entered this lobby, I did it and I did the training by myself and I entered the lobby by myself and I'm like moving into the lobby a little bit and there's, it's a physical space. It's not, it's not like you're, you're, uh, it's, you actually like have entered the space and by getting more into it, you see all the whole lobby. Right. And then there's people that were standing there talking to each other and I can kind of hear their conversation and then there's people who are there's like somebody by themselves and there's people who are floating around together um and it has the physical sensation of walking into a space like i felt shy like i felt like i want to approach somebody 
to like make a friend or to like go and play the game with them. But I don't quite know who to approach. Do I approach the people who are socializing already? Am I going to interrupt them? Do I approach the person who's by themselves? Like maybe they also want a friend. Maybe they're awkwardly standing by themselves. And you get closer to them, you can hear their conversation a little bit. Um, and, and they can see you. You can see them and they can see you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Which is a setting. Like I think you can turn your own visibility off in a lot of spaces. But what I the, the point of the story is like physically felt shy. And then when somebody eventually came up and talked to me and was really friendly, first of all, there's cameras all around the VR. So you can see that they're wearing a friendly expression. They're like smiling a little bit and looking, making eye contact with me because there's cameras on the inside of the helmet. So like not like you're not getting the zoom kind of effect where we're both looking at our at each other, but our cameras aren't there. Yeah. Like the cameras are saying like, all right, the avatar is looking right at the eyes of the other avatar. So you're making eye contact. And somebody came up to me and they could tell I was looking at my map. I was kind of fussing with stuff and standing around and they said like, hey, how's it going? Is this your first time here? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> and they started talking to me and I felt physical like relief. And I was like gesturing with my hands and stuff. And I've had meetings with colleagues and it's a similar thing where it's like a colleague that I've been talking to all the time in Zoom I meet with them in VR and we have so many more cues now we can use our hands we can get you start on different sides of a table where you're trying to collaborate and you get to the same side and you're trying to when you just want to talk personally and you're making eye contact and it felt you came away feeling like the kind kind of like physical satisfaction of like seeing a friend that you haven't seen for a while and um, it's not too uncanny it's like, I don't think, I don't think it's a substitute for uh, real life, which is a criticism I hear a lot from my mom, <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, why don't people go to the Grand Canyon? If they like, that's just such a great experience. People aren't going to go to the Grand Canyon anymore. I was like, people can still go to the Grand Canyon. It's not going to replace physically going to the Grand Canyon, but, but not every, I think go. that, yeah. And I was like, also like, don't you think everyone should go to the Grand Canyon? If you think it's so great? Like, what about people all over the world who can't fly to the Grand Canyon that easily? Um, Lena said something about, about VR. I know she's playing with it a lot and getting involved yeah. with it a lot. She said she gave a kid the mom look and he felt it. <laughs> oh yeah. You can give him, you can give looks and gestures and stuff. You can like kind of be like condescending um, in your face. Like your sees your eyebrows, like it moves your avatar's eyebrows. You do like this, <laughs> and like that. someone, I was in there, and someone was like, I was trying to talk to the guy I just met, and some other voice was coming here, and like blah 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 blah, and I was like, I'm not talking to this person. Why are they talking to me? And so I turn, I was like, asked my friends, like, oh, I actually don't know how to mute somebody yet, and then they showed me how to mute somebody. And just turned, I was like, mute. <laughs> 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 Tell me, tell me you would like to have the opportunity to be able to do that to somebody and mute them in real life. In real life? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, also, uh, you, you mentioned work. You, so if I, had, if I had a VR headset and, and you had a VR headset and we were having our one-to-one -one at work, you and I could do it. Yeah. Virtually. Yeah. We, could do it. we could take our work while we're sitting across in a workroom and... It, the design of this space is like we have our desks and it can brings in your keyboard and stuff and other people it sets up a meeting and other people can join the meeting easily someone from their own like 
laptop that's Bluetooth synced with their headset. They're looking down at it and they see their actual laptop. They're typing wow. in their headset. They see what's happening on their laptop. And then he's like, all right, I'm going to screen share. And the screen share is up on the, on the wall um, and other people can see it. And they can go up and draw on it and stuff. And, and um, so can I that's have a, virtual, a cool thing. Can I have a hmm? virtual Rocky? I'm sure, I'm sure Rocky can exist in, in, uh, in VR. What I'll say is it doesn't replace real life yet. So, um, but I don't have to walk a virtual Rocky. Right? Maybe. I mean, if anybody's played, anybody here has played Tamagotchi, you know, like you got to take care of things you care about. I don't know. <laughs> I'll say, I want to bring it back to community. Yes. Because I thought a lot about this, which is that like a question that you can ask any community any place that's like try to build up a sense of belonging is funny is you could be like, what would be your ideal place for this community? Describe it. Is it indoor or is it outdoor? Is it, are there places to sleep, sit? Where would you put the places to sit? Is like how, what happens when they enter? What kind of experiences do they have? What's the onboarding like to a, in a physical space for your community? Because we do a lot, a lot of the other way where we take, like a Facebook group. And I'm always asked, I'm always kind of using the metaphor often of like, what is a, what is this like in, what would this be like if this was like a party or a place you go to? Like, how would you welcome people? What kind of information do you give them? But now we get an opportunity. I'm trying to like have the other conversation, which is like, all right, so people are in basically designing, like interacting in a community with like a lot of scrolling. That's very text-based. So text-based communities, more text-based societies are very like kind of more right brain traditionally in, anthropo in the anthropology sense. Like they are, sorry, right brain. They're, they're the more logical brain, left brain. Um, and yet we're, like communities that are more verbal or visual often like rely a lot on like stories and um, interaction and rituals and stuff. And so there's a little bit of an opportunity to take these text-based interactions and be like, okay, what if you have a place? What if it was like, um, what if what if your in-person place could be anything you wanted it to be? Imagine some communities that are perhaps like, there is no place for people to easily meet because because they're not they're not they haven't experienced the privilege of of having everyone located together able to spend time together that able to like leave and travel i mean you can think of why well, i can think of a lot of communities that like have never had a chance to get together mm -hmm. in person and like okay what's the ideal way you can get together what kind of if you could build anything what would you build for your community to interact with each other as the way you want it it's like the the, the fun th part about vr is that there's it's physical space is getting so expensive and now there's no limit like you don't have to you don't have to spend x amount just to rent the rent the space to get people together you can um anybody can create anything and duplicate whatever gets created and then modify it so like um yeah i would love to have a meeting with you hal and i'd also like to play some virtual golf some putt-putt I can do I putt putt, not the professional stuff. I played a, I played a nine round, real round of golf a thousand years ago. Nine holes. I went to like thirty five balls. 
So golf is not for me, but putt putt golf, I'm all over it, man. Definitely. Well, we, it's okay if we leave a, lose a virtual ball. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, we got unlimited number, right? Okay, yeah, that, yeah. that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> Logan, we're we're at two hours. I wanna I wanna I wanna end it with a, a personal thought uh, yeah. for the community and for you. The personal thought for the community, and this comes from the bottom of my heart, that it is an honor, a privilege, a joy, and a lot of fun to help manage the certification program. I, it's just, it's a dream come true. It's truly a dream come true, leading a community of community leaders that are leading communities. It's like a multiplier. And it's probably de another level deeper than that. I'm, I'm eternally grateful for that. I wanted to tell everybody yeah. that's watching this and it watches the replay and Logan, um, I've considered you a friend and a mentor since day one. Uh, we've been trying, we've been talking about doing this for a long, long time. Uh, thank you for an amazing two hour event in the certification group. And I will, I will honor my promise and put this up on my Hal's Donut House podcast. And, um, thank you everybody for stopping in, uh, leave questions, tag us in, in the group. We're, we're here. And uh, any final words, Logan, except I'm just so grateful for this. Yeah, I, I just have to rebuttal your compliments because I have to come, I have to have a comeback, which is like, sometimes you just like, it's, a, it's about intuition. Sometimes there's people that we come across in our work and our lives and our, in our communities that um, you, we just have a sense about. And one way I've been able to articulate that sense is like, if that person wins, then we all win. And then usually people are like nodding their head, like, yeah, and that's what trust is. And how, like from the beginning, like it was, it's pretty obvious that if, if you're winning and if you're thriving, like that whole multiplier is thriving and your closest relationships are thriving. And, um, you the way that you support everyone else it's like my prayer is that you get that kind of support yourself too kind of just like un unequivocal un like unmeasured just precious infinite support like that's what you deserve because honestly like if you win then we all win it's it's a very good and pure like version of the neighborhood that you have that you like it's a very beautiful world that you have in your heart and um one where we can all have like peonies growing everywhere and, and we all know our neighbors so um thanks for being a part of this all it's my honor and pleasure and yeah share the roots of the flower because it will grow wherever you plant it mm -hmm. logan johnson it's an honor and a pleasure to call you friend and coworker. thank you so much for this valuable time i'll never forget it thanks so thank you bye everybody bye all